Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, hello, it's me, your pal, Jenny Owen Youngs, alone in Introville. Where is Kristen? <laughs> She's busy. Um, I'm so happy you're here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Just one thing really to tell you about uh, before we get into the episode, and that's the results of last episode's Sexual Attention Awards. Are you prepared? Ready thyself if you are not. In fifth place, with 4% of the vote, the odds were stacked against them to begin with uh, and probably will be for all time. It's Big Tent and a revival, losing big in this round. In fourth place, with 9% of the vote, well, 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 if it isn't my old nemesis, Butts, and my old best friend turned frenemy, Coffers. Uh, looks like we won't be repairing that bridge anytime soon, Butts and or Coffers. Tied for second place. That's right, I skipped from fourth to second because I think that's how it works when there's a tie. Tied for second place. With 16% of the vote, on one side of the coin we have grasshoppers and potatoes, and on the other side of the coin we have... Mulder and Scully, both Mulder and Scully and Grasshoppers and Potatoes, each earning 16% of the vote. Uh, I shudder to think about what that means for Mulder and Scully and Grasshoppers and Potatoes. Like the mothership as an institution is sometimes only as popular as Grasshoppers and Potatoes, although those Grasshoppers really wanted those potatoes. They flew through a lot of vent work. But it brings me just incredible joy to tell you uh, about first place. In first place, with 54% of the vote, it's A, yours truly, and B, Anton Chekhov, my favorite guy to reference uh, when things are telegraphed in a show. What a chill guy. Uh, And so perceptive. Just, okay, so a trophy will be coming to me. A trophy will be uh, arriving in Anton's current location imminently. Uh, But while we wait for those trophies to ship... Let me just tell you that I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you on the other side. A true piece of history, Scully. The very first X-File, initiated by J. Edgar Hoover himself in 1946. During World War II, a series of murders occurred in and around the Northwest, seven here in Browning alone. Each victim was basically ripped to shreds and eaten as if by a wild animal. However, many of the victims were found at home, as if they allowed their killer to enter. In 1946, police cornered what they believed to be such an animal in a cabin in Glacier National Park. They shot it, but when they went in to retrieve the carcass, 
they found only the body of Richard Watkins. files that's the ex files a buffering rewatch adventure where we are watching and discussing every episode of the x files one by one spoiler free i am jenny owen youngs ex-wife of Kristen russo and i grew up watching the x files and i am Kristen russo ex-wife of jenny owen youngs and i've only ever seen 19 episodes of the x files today we are talking about season one episode 19 shapes Shapes was written by Marilyn Osborne, directed by David Nutter, and originally aired on April 1st, 1994. This is the one, according to IMDb, where a creature, possibly from Native American lore, is suspected of killing a man, bringing Mulder and Scully to the Indian reservation where the attack occurred in order to uncover its identity. Obviously, we will have a lot to discuss here. Uh, A, number one. So we're going to talk, I'm sure, at multiple points about a podcast that you should listen to, uh, Métis in Space. Métis in Space tackles uh, a lot of episodes of television. We talked about them in our coverage of uh, Pangs in the Buffyverse when Mm -hmm. we were covering Buffy. Uh, And they are indigenous uh, folks talking about how indigenous folks are portrayed in media and they covered this episode so that link is going to be at the tippity top of the show notes um, because you can hear them discuss it which we highly highly recommend one of the things that I remember them mentioning in their conversation was this idea of Native American lore as though there's like one like it's just one thing it's just one it's just giant one it's just one thing um, so you know we will touch on this throughout the episode we um did more research we had more conversations going into this and we'll uh, touch on some points but our email is always open hello at bufferingcast.com we do our best to responsibly cover episodes of television that irresponsibly uh portray people of color uh, so we're gonna do our best here but we can keep the conversation and going producer latoya ferguson gives this episode a scary rating of one and a half out of five uh woos, <laughs> which she specifies i had to do it to him uh <laughs> and the point five is because she could see they were attempting to do a scary werewolf story and so it's uh point five points for uh effort mm-hmm and then one point four, of course, the credits. Uh, the credits. <laughs> what, what if we? What if we took the major version of the credits uh, and theme uh-huh. and just and somehow stitched it into every episode, just for Latoya, so she doesn't have to be scared. So she can feel like she's on top of the world, skipping through a field of flowers before she enters into the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that would change her experience of the actual episode. Like, I wonder if they would feel scarier. If she didn't have to get through the credits. Right, right. Like instead of uh, sort of warming up to something scary, Mm. she is actually thinking she's walking into a rom-com and then slammed in the face with... uh, Kablam. Kablam, yeah. Uh, So, okay, we obviously have big thoughts about this episode. Oh, Jenny has a I'm ready to talk about my big thoughts face on. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, okay. Aside from what we've already sort like aside from the gigantic elephant mm-hmm. in the room that we're going to try to address uh, responsibly, I had a couple other notes. My biggest note is that Ty Miller, who plays Lyle Parker, at the time of filming, he is 30, giving like 40 to 45, but is written like a 15-year-old boy. He's like, wow, my pa, you know, <laughs> I wish your brother was a lot. Like, it just like yeah. everything, every, every line this poor man has to deliver uh, feels so inappropriate coming out of his mouth. He's like, this comes off as this like sort of not a girl, not yet a woman. <laughs> Kind of individual his hair, and his hairstyle really checks out with that too. I said this yeah. the Farrah Fawcett do on this guy is absolutely out of this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um another thing I wanted to mention is that I know that um the host at Metean Space took issue with the drumming at certain ceremonial points. Um and I defer to them in that department. But I I did notice, wow, there's not like a overwhelming amount of inappropriate yes. like scary flute music or yes. whatever like uh, the the score feels very reined in i feel like there was a lot of like english horn or something mm-hmm. which feels yeah. you know like in a different world there was only one moment i think when we're in ish's cabin that things were like really bordering on the it, it was not a pan flute but like from our buffy conversations you know i was just mm. sort of like laying in in wait for that pan flute to hit yeah yeah i was like i was clenched for the yeah, whole episode the, the when, old when is it gonna happen yeah they talk about they talk about it in Metean space that they were pretty pretty pleased that there was not any uh, notable you know pan flute etc used here so <laughs> Uh, one last thing before we get to your big thoughts. I was looking on the the fandom wiki and I noticed something about the script. So Marilyn Osborne, Osborne wrote the script, but Glenn Morgan and James Wong, who I think were kind of like mentoring her through the process because mm-hmm. she was pretty new to screenwriting, um, ended up rewriting the script mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, and I was looking at the the script draft notes on the wiki, which are like, the script went through four drafts, here are the dates. The shooting script, which was compiled from these various drafts, includes the scene wherein Scully struggles to shoo a cow away. Oh, why that is a crime to not have given us that scene. <laughs> Don't you feel like you have been robbed? I have been robbed. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, it really hurts me that they would wow do this to us i would love to maybe they felt like she had too recently talked about a horse's shoe um to then also be (laughs) shooing a cow away you know yeah 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 um okay tell me your big thoughts please i was not like over the moon with this episode i definitely you know have been a lot more wowed by a lot of other narrative arcs um i will say that i was pretty into the werewolf stuff uh just in terms of like visual effects and I think that's I don't know if the X-Files deserves that it's just that my bar was set from the Buffyverse werewolves which are literally party city werewolf costumes um and so I <laughs> I disagree I, mean, I regret listen, to inform everyone wait do you but do you think but do you think all i'm saying is that i thought they did a better job with this than the buffy werewolves yes or no you disagree with that maybe just ever so slightly but probably largely due to nutter's direction and the choice to mostly keep keep it off screen yeah like uh, obviously the the couple of moments in this (laughs) 
episode where we see like a full body of a werewolf like throttling through the air like no I'm clearly mm-hmm. no but the choice you know the close-ups on the werewolf's face are like a little so they kind of reminded me of like never-ending story vibes you know where you can like see just like a, a sec- segment of the snout and eye this just looks like it came from the slightly more expensive party city aisle <laughs> It's like the roped off section of Halloween spirit. Like, <laughs> please ask for assistance if you'd like to look at this werewolf costume. Yeah, I just had an easier time like thinking, okay, this is like a, a human and also a wolf than I ever did with the face of a werewolf in Buffy. Um, and I really liked the scene and maybe you will take me to task for this, but I really liked the moment when Lyle is in the bathroom and he sort of arches his back and he's like all sweaty and shit and his fangs come out. Like I thought, yeah, Lyle's transformation stuff looks great. It's just like the full, full wolf. Yeah. Not so great. Also, should we just establish, we're going to call this a werewolf, right? We're not going to say Manitou because that feels inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, we might as well come out of the gates with, with that since you've brought it to the table. Um, Jenny, do you want to talk about some of the, the, uh, like quotes that you found around the use of the word Manitou. Manitou is uh, the super, super, super overarching uh, understanding of Manitou, which is a real concept. It is uh, an Algonquin uh, word that is used to describe the spiritual and fundamental life force among Algonquian groups. Um, so, you know, pretty, pretty. <laughs> this is like, this is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it reminded me a lot of the way that this show dealt with uh, the concept of the Jersey devil, which is obviously like not anyone's, you know, the Jersey devil isn't close to anyone's heart, you know, or like Mm -hmm. sense of identity or like, you know, it's not, it's not a sensitive topic or one that you need to necessarily approach with respect. It's a bring it wingy ding. Who's um, (laughs) got the legs of a deer and the wings of a, that it's just like it's it's yeah. uh whatever it's a, mo- a monster by committee uh but <laughs> this show took the idea the very well-established idea of what is the jersey devil and they were like no actually it's this completely other thing just because that's what we feel like writing the the episode about and you could have just had the episode jersey devil be not called the jersey devil yeah uh, you know <laughs> there's you- no reason for that entity to be dubbed the jersey devil no i mean you Um, could have called this simply a werewolf or anything else that is not an established honored concept inside of an indigenous culture like it just especially because jenny i'm sure you also found this out in your research but this is the the name given to uh the indigenous folks in this episode are trego t-r-e-g-o that is not Mm -hmm. real they simply just made that up and i don't know exactly why you would make something up but if you're gonna make that up then at least don't fucking swipe an actual concept from indigenous people to use as your werewolf like that just is wild um and i was gonna play the white supremacy jingle later but like let's just fucking throw it in right here at the top you know what that sounds like to me white supremacy
Okay, I just want to share a quote from the X-Files book of the Unexplained written by Jane Goldman, Mm -hmm. who feels that the episode seriously misrepresents the lore it's portraying, noting that, quote, for many natives, calling a crazed man-eating beast Manitou is like calling Charles Manson God, end quote. Okay. It's, it's a really wild choice. A really wild choice. So, yeah, we'll bring that all into the episode with us. Um, and we and we will be, yes, Jenny calling this a werewolf. Uh, because according yeah, to everything yeah, else yeah. that I've ever understood, that is what this is. Also, just like uh, mythology-wise, I thought it was a little bit confusing that there was a conversation around this bl- being passed down through like a bloodline. But then also if you get bitten or scratched yeah like if if the if the lore that we commonly understand to apply to werewolves which is if you get bitten by a werewolf you turn into a werewolf that's just the vibe that's just what we know so if that is inserted into this as well then there would be no reason why this community of indigenous folks would need to contain the thing because clearly someone has been bitten and that person has been like clearly it has gone outside of the bounds of this community also, Joe Goodensnake uh, was the wolf and then died. And then what? It just jumped. It it hopped via bloodline to Gwen was their theory uh, without any sort, any sort of like sh- path. It's just like, ah, same, yeah. same. Yeah, it was. It, On I to mean, the next Goodensnake. I'm I'm learning uh, I'm learning to you know just sort of lean into most of these kinds of things with the right. X-Files we often say one. don't worry about it on the X Files, yeah. but today we worry about today it. today we're going to worry about it a little bit. Um, okay, okay. Yes, David Nutter, give me lightning flashing across the face of multiple taxidermied animals. Yeah. Let me bathe in it. Uh, what's up sam elliott's brother basically yeah uh ranch dad ranch dad i called him white dude for a while i called this the white dude's lodge until i learned his name (laughs) uh i Kristen, urged on by a listener request i was looking at the exterior right of the Mm -hmm. you know you're looking out from the ranch house You've got this fence and then there are these tall, tall pine trees. And somebody recently was like, you guys haven't been very good at like noticing mm-hmm. when Vancouver doesn't look like, you know, wherever the place, they Montana. happen to be yeah. saying. <laughs> exactly. So I, I looked at Browning, Montana, and I saw many photographs of endless treeless meadows stretching way out into the distance mm. uh, towards rolling mountains. And I also saw some low, hardy shrubs i saw absolutely no big tall <laughs> vancouverian pines uh so i just want to call, call that out this i'm uh keeping an eye out for this sort of thing moving forward i just have to take a moment jenny to um lift you up and sing your praises because you know and uh, so many people would have just said like you know i didn't see a lot um it was pretty pretty flat a couple of shrubs but like what we just got from you was a tiny little poem uh, I think you said low hearty shrubs. It was just a, right. deli- it's a delight to the ears. So good job oh. choosing to be a podcaster. Um, Thank if you. <laughs> if your co-host and ex-wife uh, still enjoys listening to you talk, you know you're doing something right, you know? <sighs> Praise. You know, <laughs> I was just in I was just in Nashville uh, for a few days playing uh, a show. And uh, it was <laughs> part of a festival. So a lot of people came to the show who 
who did know who I was. But then a lot of people came to the show who had no idea who I was. And I was chatting with a couple of those people at the merch table uh, after the show. And they were like, we just we enjoyed your banter so much. The whole time you were talking, we were just like, I wonder if she's ever considered starting a podcast. (laughs) And I was like, have I got news for you? Friends, you have days worth of content uh, for yeah. your ears. Days, many, many maybe days. weeks. I don't even know the math on that. So some non-government issue flashlights are being deployed in the barn as Jim Parker and Lyle Parker, his son, are trying to figure out yeah. what's going on. Bring, they come across up- a mutilated cattle and it takes Mulder every ounce of strength he has in his being not to just pop up right here and say, did someone say mutilated cattle? <laughs> Okay, I have a question that's really important, um, mm-hmm. and I think I know the answer, but I want to confirm it in pod. We mm-hmm. count flashlights when Mulder and Scully use flashlights. We don't just count flashlight use. It has that's to what be. we do here. And yes. we get that anyway, so don't worry. We'll sure. still get our yeah, flashlight yeah, yeah. tick. But um, yeah, we've got a neighing horse. We've got a dead cow. Um, all the kinds of things you really don't want to see when you are in the barn with your flashlight and or here. And then we get the close-up that Kristen gives, you know, a 25% improvement over Buffy, wolfy face. Uh, And then we see (laughs) the wolf attack Lyle. Jim, the dad, shoots the wolf. But then actually, this is not a wolf. This is a man. And this is an indigenous man from the reservation who we learn very shortly after they've actually been in a court case battle with. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is bad on every count. Uh, Biggest one being that we have opened the episode and the first person of color that we see is already not alive. Yeah. Uh, It's not great. Not great, great, Kristen. Not great. But we go to the credits so that we can get distracted by tiny cloud that looks like a UFO for a moment. We come back. On a taxidermy bear, making me very happy. The Métis and Space Girls talked about, um, like, how much taxidermy is in this house. And, uh, like, one of them, I think, had a friend who lived in, like, a very small home, but it was full of taxidermy. And mm. was just, like, wh- like in this lodge, and the- if the lights are off and you need to find the bathroom, like, you are simply just, <laughs> like, you are simply just, like, bumping into all kinds of taxidermy, no yep. matter which way yep. you go. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, I have I, I want to talk about this. Uh, we we have we're in the lodge. I, I called it a lodge. Um, and Jim is here, who is a ranch dad, and Mulder and Scully are here. They've arrived on the scene, and there's also a mm-hmm. lawyer dude here because of the aforementioned court case. Right. Jim's first lines are, "I'm not a killer. I never meant to hurt no one." Let's just stop there for one second because that because I was already like, oh, wow, this is like the perfect example of like what white people do in um, so many scenarios. Right. There's this first of all, out of the gates, binary thinking like you either are a killer or you're not a killer. I feel like is just so black and white, you know, like I am not this bad thing. Therefore, I did not do this bad thing. Mm. And then and then the second to follow that up with I never meant to hurt no one is like simply centering the intention completely, right? Like, I didn't mean to, so therefore it cannot be bad. And I thought it was a nice 
lens mm-hmm. to put over the whole episode and episodes like this. Like I meant to do a good thing. So like, that's what should count. And it's like, well, no, actually that is not what counts. That is your intention, but your impact is actually what counts. Um, so I had already called for the white supremacy jingle before we got to his next line, which is, but he just throws a butt right in there. I'm tired of my cattle being killed. And essentially says that like, you know what? I didn't mean to do this thing, but if this guy was killing my cattle and I killed him because I didn't know, then that's not my fault, man. Like my, he was mm. killing my cattle. So therefore I should be able to have killed this man. So, sir. sir, I know that I already, uh, deployed the white supremacy jingle earlier, but this is, this just felt to me like the centerpiece of like white supremacist thinking, white supremacy, how white people, center themselves and their intentions in all situations and um i just feel like it's a good lens to go into the rest of the episode with indeed okay lyle follows Mulder and scully outside because he's like i gotta tell you some stuff that my dad wouldn't be comfortable because he's not a girl but not yet a woman (laughs) exactly he's not ready for that kind of uh yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's like I've been feeling something out there. Like nature herself was terrified. Okay. And then he goes on to say. Give me the creeps. The creeps? Yeah. The creeps. Don't you ever get the creeps? Okay. First of all, Lyle, you're asking the wrong medical doctor if she's (laughs) ever gotten the creeps. And second of all. This is a moment at which I said, who's writing this thing? Oh, my God. I think Jillian Anderson may have also said that in this moment with her eyes. <laughs> but also, but also, I could see if this exchange was between Duchovny and Anderson, I could see it like absolutely singing. Yeah. I think it's a big part of it is the not a girl, not yet a woman of <laughs> Lyle Parker, who is saying the lines of a child but is in fact a fully grown man yeah yeah oh god i'm so glad that this is just really settling in as what we're going to refer to lyle as for the rest (laughs) of the episode (laughs) um yeah scully has no answer to this okay jenny first of all we go to the corral i actually don't know what a corral is is it where the horses are kept where the cows are kept in a corral i don't know uh but we go there um, I a have noted that <laughs> I think that Scully shouting facts across a field, a corral, a patch of woods is going to be a theme because we get it here. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like the next files class. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Mac pointing out in Mac's notes that this is a particular burn, uh, definitely like period specific, but this moment that Scully says like, "Why are you interested in this case? Any agent could have investigated a reservation homicide." Uh, is uh does not feel very good um mm. because yeah, while period appropriate um uh any any agent simply should not be able to actually investigate a reservation homicide um mm-hmm. Jenny I wanted to know if you wrote anything in your notes about how dramatically Mulder closes his umbrella upon seeing the tracks in the mud 
No, I did not. But now that you're saying it, like I can not just see it in my mind, but I can feel it in my skin. You probably got like a little bit of the spray from the umbrella that flew off of it when you swapped it down. Yeah, Uh, Um, for sure. For sure. And I, I wrote, I wrote here for you, really, Jenny. When you saw, I don't have a finish, so it's really just I'm tossing it your way. When when you saw just one set of footprints that turned from human (laughs) to animal. Oh yeah, Mulder looking looking back across a long beach into the horizon where he sees only one set of footprints. The right foot is human, the left foot is a wolf paw. And he's like, "Oh, it was there that you carried me. It was there that the X-Files carried me." Mulder sees these footprints, these human footprints turning into animal footprints, and he thinks his day cannot possibly get any better until Scully says, oh, there's nothing unexplainable about this case. And he says, nope, not a thing, while whipping a complete glove of shed human skin in her face. Jenny, I really feel like the word waggling is required in this moment. And I thought you yeah. were going to use it. Oh, I really like he it waggles this sure. skin in her face. Um, Absolutely. Oh, my God. He's so excited. Scully is now in the car, like looking at this skin and she's like, it looks like a snake skin. And they're on their way now to actually look at the body of Joe Goodensnake um, because this body has been transferred to the reservation authorities um, and they have to get in touch with Sheriff Toscani. We're so excited that they have to get in touch with Sheriff Toscani. Mulder says Toscani no less than three times in front of Scully. And as soon as it's her time to say it, she says, Tuscany? <laughs> She's like, prego. Uh, you know <laughs> Why, Scully? You know what's really... So, okay, so my wife's name is Avanti. Um, and that is a name that maybe not everyone has heard. Uh, you know, a lot of times I'm, you know, with her when she says my name is Avanti and I cannot explain to you how many times people come back and say absolutely not at all what she said. And even if she corrects them, they will continue to say a totally different thing. And I, I think it's like this, I mean, you could probably talk a lot about it, but I think that like something, and this is not maybe what's happening for Scully, but sometimes I think that people get in their heads about saying something wrong and so automatically say it wrong every time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah. a phenomena that I have uh, had close proximity to lately. And I actually saw it happen to you in the brewery the other day, Jenny, with uh, Alderic. I Like I said to Avanti, I was like, I think uh, Alderic and you are going to have some similar name experiences where it's like, I've said the name. Why are you not able to say it back to me? Alderic. Aldrich. <laughs> Aldrich. Alderic. Uh, yeah, I can't wait until people are, are that, or they like get over that hump and then they're like, young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Aldrich. Anyway, um, yes, she does say Tuscany. <laughs> so they get to the reservation um, and they bust into the tavern um, just like, excuse me, we're not from around here. We're looking for Sheriff to. Tuscany we're looking for Sheriff Tuscany don't you think that they could have called the man before and simply set up a meeting did they have to barge into the tavern and yell yeah. that they're they're here and they're looking also for imagine the sheriff? imagine it was necessary for anyone in this entire establishment to hear them say we're not from around here <laughs> in case you couldn't tell oh so we meet the character ish 
Ish is played by Jimmy Herman, who I've actually never seen the movie Dances with Wolves, but Dances with Wolves came out in 1990, and um, he is a big part of that film. Um, and he is out of the gates. Yeah. Go home, FBI. Uh, Mulder's like, how did you know? And he says, I could smell you a mile away. Oh, my God. Mulder trying to, like, fucking lighten the fact that he just busted into this tavern with a ridiculous joke. They told me even though my deodorant is made for a woman, it's strong enough for a man. I'm like, Mulder, shut up. Stop it. You're literally embarrassing all of us. It says that he's got he's had some experience with the FBI. Yeah. He was at Wounded Knee in 1973. And he says what he learned from that experience was that. The FBI doesn't believe in them and they don't believe in the FBI. And Mulder, Muldering out is like, I want to believe. I've got a poster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I I don't think we mentioned this at the top, but I think something that is uh, good about this episode is how much the uh, indigenous folks in the episode are like fuck the police like you do not fucking care about us and so we are not going to do anything for the most part we'll talk about the uh, some divergences from that but there's there's a pretty big like you are never here for us when we need anything and Mm -hmm. so you can fuck all the way off and I think that that is cool that that is part of this Um, and this is the first beat of that that we get from Ish yeah and scully's trying to be cool and by the book she's like we're looking for information uh, anybody know anything about and Mulder's like we want to know what could make a human footprint with one step and an animal footprint with the next scully's like god damn it. she like cl- st- stops her stopwatch and she's like and we made it 17 seconds this time <laughs> <sighs> so Ish says that Parker killed what Mulder is looking for. Um, and mm-hmm. Gwen, who we learn is Joe's sister, uh, she's playing pool and she slams down her pool cue. She says, what Parker killed was my brother and you're all too afraid of some stupid Indian legend to do anything. I hate it and I hate suits who are always here when they want something from us, but when we need help, they're nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Okay, Gwen. Gwen played by Renee Morisot. Um... Michael Horse, playing Sheriff Tuscany, enters the chat. My notes say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. I love Michael Horse so much. Love to see this man. Uh, I know him, of course, from Twin Peaks. Um, He, I later have a note, which I'm just going to say now, does anyone look better getting out of a pickup truck than Michael Horse? I challenge you to a duel. I love this man. What, uh, Bella Swan doesn't look (laughs) For the listeners at home, Jenny did some of her best acting. I was like fully, I fully thought you were like, what the fuck, Kristen? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> uh. Okay, so he he takes them over uh, to his office and assures them that he keeps the ancient beliefs out there and the police work in here. Yeah, uh, Tuscany having a role in with his job as the sheriff, but the sheriff for the reservation of sort of like walking this line where he's in, he's very committed to serving the people on the reservation, but also has to navigate pretty white waters, um, you know, with dealing with cops and dealing with the law and what have you. Mm. Um, there's probably many ways to look at this. The Métis in space 
hosts talked about this, talked about his role as sort of like the good Indian, the good native, right? Um, the guy that like, you can pull aside and say like, okay, but you don't really believe this, do you? And like, he'll maybe agree with you and then you'll feel better. Um, but I also think that, I think that, that that like having to navigate the position that he's in has to be an incredibly complicated one. And I saw that big time in Michael Horse's portrayal of the role. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's doing a lot. Yeah. We meet Bill and Tom. They're standing outside of uh, Tuscani's office and Tuscani explains that Bill and Tom are the guardians of the dead. They escort the deceased spirits into the new world um, and we'll see them later at the funeral as well. Um and so Mulder starts asking Toscani what Gwen meant. Uh, and Toscani having a pretty solid moment here where he's like, hey, dude, I'm not a fucking park ranger here to answer your questions. Uh, uh, whenever I need federal help, I never get it. You can go look at the body, but like, that's it. Uh, so yeah, fucking hell yeah. We learn, we talk about the court case. We learn that uh, the court case is because the Parkers have been grazing their cattle farther and farther onto the reservation. Um, so like, this is just, this is just like classic, right? Like this is uh, it was some white dude saying like, but this is my land actually, and I should get to have it. And then, and then going over into the reservation land when actually uh, spoiler alert, none of the land was even yours to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. We, we get to, um, we get to the body of Joe good and snake and we see some scar tissue, some scars on his shoulder. Looking like some claw marks. Now, I have a question. I shouldn't ask I'm ready. Because stop asking, Kristen. But I thought that the whole vibe was that he got this through the like th through the bloodline. So why would he have a scratch on him? Why would he have gotten attacked? Well, by what made werewolf? you think that he specifically got it through a bloodline issue? Oh, I think I just thought that was why they brought up it being passed this, through the this bloodline. This wolf can infect you in a variety of ways, Kristen. Oh, Lord. Okay, uh, so Joe got scratched, and that's how he became a werewolf, allegedly. Right, right. And Mulder begins... Uh, examining him and wants to look at his teeth mm -hmm. a question that i have <laughs> is that does rigor not affect oh like your lip your like yeah could you easily get into the mouth of a dead person sorry for asking i'm just yeah, I don't. I would assume that it affects anything that has, you know, blood traveling through it. But I, I am unlike Scully, not a medical doctor. Um, yeah, this is where uh, having having my mortician friend on speed dial would be really helpful. Yeah, phone a friend, phone a mortician. I have questions about the teeth of the whole thing, honestly, yeah. because yeah. it seems like there are fangs, but then they go away when you're right. It's like, oh, by the, you know, by the night, by the night. I love, oh my God. One of my favorite ridiculous things about this episode was how they made such a fucking point that it had nothing to do with the moon and then opened a yeah. scene on the full moon. <laughs> I was like, you guys. <laughs> What the fuck? Um, they know attention yeah. to the full moon. It's like with the, yeah. later we get a Why tooth are the that's fangs left in a body. Yeah. Why are the fangs still extended uh, when he has returned to his human form? Also, why on Joe Goodensnake are the fangs on the two teeth that are 
directly next to the front teeth, which yeah. are not the canine cuspids, which is what Mulder calls them. The canine cuspids are the next teeth over from there. And later, when Lyle has fangs, they are his canine cuspids. So what I'd really like to know <laughs> is who is the tooth expert on set and oh why God. did they fuck up so bad? Uh, for the listeners at home, the whole time that Jenny said that, she had her two pinky fingers held up to represent the fangs, and it was really a good time to watch. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> okay. All right. I also just want to say that there was a very dehumanizing aspect of this, like, on this mouth exam on Joe Goodensnake's body. It made me very uncomfortable to watch, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it was necessary. I think, like, if we were going to... If we were to suggest that these fangs were here even after the wolf slash person dies, just have them out. Like, you don't, ha- you know what I mean? Like, we also have learned that in death, your body goes to relaxed position, which is eyes open, mouth open. So he, oh, we yeah. would have seen these fangs. Like, these fangs would not have been a reveal. All that to say... There are no fangs in the dental records. Scully's scullying out, talking about calcium deposits and shit, trying to justify mm-hmm. full-on mm-hmm. fangs in this man's mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Mulder wants an autopsy. Uh, Tuscany cannot allow that. Scully says she's fully qualified. Jenny, I asked in a recent episode if Scully could do an autopsy, and we got a few replies. Uh, Kate replied and said i'm not a medical doctor yet but i'm a medical student scully can totally do autopsies i knew it she did her residency in forensics pathology which is a real thing pathology has a lot of subspecialties including people who work in the hospital and run slash read lab tests other physicians often consult pathologists for all sorts of things such as determining what types of tumor or cancer a patient has to determining cause of death on patients in the hospital thank you soon to be dr kate yes uh, but despite Scully's qualifications, Sheriff Tuscany is not going to allow this. He says, Don't tell me what I can't do. Native Americans believe that there are laws greater and more just than that of the U.S. government. If they want Joe at rest rather than used as a piece of evidence, that's the way it's going to be. If you want to make an issue out of it to your higher authority, go right ahead. Um, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Sheriff Tuscany. And like the issue here, we haven't said it, is that they are cremating, they are burning uh, Joe Goodensnake. So if they don't do this autopsy now, then there will be no autopsy that can happen after the funeral. Um, And Tuscany cites a belief about passage into mm -hmm. the afterlife that requires sort of like not disturbing the body. Yeah. And I think like he's doing a big lift here to stand his ground by explaining that he is there to serve the people on this reservation right that's what he says Mm -hmm. he doesn't say he doesn't say like this is what i believe this is what blah 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 he says my job is to i have to answer to the people on this reservation so you can do whatever you need to do in your investigation but you have to do it without this man's body because i am here to serve them um and i think Mm -hmm. i mean whatever I, i just feel like he does a pretty good job of drawing a line in a way that like Mulder and Scully or other, uh, you know, white FBI agents, et cetera, might uh, come into this conversation. Oh my God, history, a history lesson and a history lesson in the car. Uh, we heard the Over sound at clip. the funeral pyre. 
Yeah, we heard the sound clip up at the top, but uh, Jenny, what do we have here? Kristen, we've got the very first X-File. Initiated by J. Edgar Hoover, who, of course, takes his name from the J. Edgar Hoover building. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I knew I had heard that name before, but couldn't figure out why. (laughs) Uh, They're talking about many murder victims, all shredded up, but found at home. Uh, We're talking about police cornering what they believed to be an animal responsible for these uh, deaths. But after shooting their guns a bunch, they found only the body of Richard Watkins. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, There there went on to be similar deaths in 1954, 1959, 64, 78, and now 94. And then Mulder says, but, and Scully says, here it comes. (laughs) And he whips out some Lewis and Clark era werewolf drawings. Oh, Lord. I loved. I also wrote this down. Here it comes. What a fucking. I want to bottle that. Uh, oh, to Scully. Um, you know what feels very weird? Hmm. Okay. It doesn't feel weird that Scully's not convinced, but it feels a little weird that she's just like yelling in his face. Zero to 60. Yelling in his face. Even if he could transform into an animal, he's dead. End of mystery. That actually doesn't feel very Scully to me at all. I I agree. I agree. Also, um, I don't know how it feels to you, but she is stomping off uh, in her Ugg boots in this scene. (laughs) I missed that. Oh, boy. I was like, interesting. Interesting. Okay. I'm not sure that I buy that, but all right. Um, It really seemed like her thing. All right, they go to this funeral. I write in all caps. They go to this funeral. Are we kidding? Are we kidding? We're going to go to this. Are we kidding? Two is white this, FBI agents. Do don't you go to the. No. Belong here? You don't. Is this the place mm-hmm. for you? The the thing that like, it's ridiculous that they're there. It's inappropriate that they're there. They should not be there. And what's really ridiculous and where you can like see the white writers in the room is that Ish, who's at the funeral, <laughs> makes eye contact with Mulder and is like, good white man you're a good yeah white man they have a came. significant oh. nod exchange get out of here ish would be like uh you can fucking go actually that is what ish yeah. would say ish would literally probably do that because ish is really and we see it later like taking care of gwen in a lot of ways and i think this is a way that ish would have taken care of gwen of like getting getting the fbi agents out of this fucking scene come on guys yeah uh, Gwen tells Scully she doesn't belong there. And we're all like, correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Scully, you know, tries to maybe get a little, I've lost someone too, bonding in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gwen says Joe wasn't just a member of her family. He was her entire family. Yeah. And then she... as a part of sort of a letting go ritual, I think, a grief mm-hmm. ritual, mm-hmm. she gives Scully one of Joe's possessions. Yeah, the Métis in Space host said, I I was so excited in this moment because I thought she was going to finish the sentence by saying, as a demonstration of my sorrow, I am supposed to cut my hair. But then it was this instead. Um, And I, I, you know, we have not done a deep dive on uh, the various, you know, traditions and practices and certainly couldn't since this, uh, the the Trago people are not, that's not a real thing. But um, the fact that she gives one of the things to Scully 
I, I wrote to Scully and then the the like writing took a turn where it was like she she says it's no big deal he had more possessions than he had friends like sort of justifying the fact because clearly Gwen would never fucking give Scully one of her brother's things but it's yeah. sort of justified by the fact that there's a lot of shit she has to give away so might as well just give one to Scully too is oh, this I'm a- just remembering something yeah we're talking a bunch about um the Trego's not actually being real mm-hmm. uh and that being kind of weird. And I'm just remembering uh, that I was recently educated on the fact that uh, the group to which Jacob in Twilight oh, belongs Lord, yes. is, is uh, shares a name with an actual people. And as with any, you know, sort of like major franchise that like inspires a lot of like uh passionate devotion uh <laughs> these people were uh these people experienced a great deal of attention and they're like what we're not <laughs> werewolves why did you do this why us why why yeah. stephanie meyer why well, with so many whys for stephanie meyer well um, yeah yeah, and a good good point. I don't like. I thought so much about the twilight of it all in watching this, but somehow like didn't write it down even in my notes. But the the application of the shapeshifter to Native American people is certainly not isolated to this episode of the X Files, and probably the most current and largest example of that is the uh, exact thing that we see in Twilight with our werewolves over there. Um, is the is the thing that Gwen gives to Scully supposed to be like a tooth, or is it ju- like uh, it was shaped like w- the the fang? But I don't know. Oh, like if I it thought wasn't it was th- a claw, a claw. Okay, so then it's just a sort of stereotypical. This is what a native person would give. Yeah, it's giving Native American people only have feathers, claws, and bones. Those right, are their right. possessions. Yes, no, no, like records or you know, like right. nothing. Right, right. Of course, same reason they couldn't call Descani and set up a meeting. They had to like come mm-hmm. into a fucking bar and just shout for the sheriff. Right, um, right. Okay, so Descani uh, is here because this is where I get my Michael horse out of a pickup truck, looking great. Note, um, and Mulder does this thing this is a real thing right where you try to like confide in someone to get information he's like your report was really good it was really professional um (laughs) but this is off the record what really happened and Descani's like go home and Mulder's like wait okay let me just uh pivot really quickly Charlie do you believe in shape-shifting and Descani is like this is a funeral. Mulder, for the love of God, get it together. As Ugh. if all this wasn't enough. Uh, Lyle shows up on horseback. It was like, I'm just trying to, um, you know, uh, express uh, my condolences in a very low key way. So I've shown up backlit on horseback. <laughs> Just like a full, like just a community of color saying in every scene, can you actually go? Can you just leave? We would love it if you simply left. Could you not be here? And every yeah. white person just being like, okay, so, but what you really meant was <laughs> you wanted yeah. me to come to the funeral, right? No, yeah. and this, this is where Lyle says, I wish your brother could be here. I wish that more than anything else, which again would feel much more reasonable coming out of the mouth of a 15 year old boy. Yeah. Um, Gwen 
of course loses her fucking shit as she should get out of here I don't want your respect. I want your heart to grow cold. I want you to feel what I'm feeling. Um, fair. And as we learn later, she goes to kick his ass. I really, really wish that Gwen had gotten to kick Lyle's ass. I mean, you know, just a little bit. Just a couple punches. <laughs> um, Back at right. the Parker Ranch, Jim Parker is having a little porch whiskey. And cigar. And uh, <laughs> it's curtains for this man. He yeah. got he got wolfed. <laughs> the the closed captioning said faint growl and then crickets stop chirping. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's as if nature herself was terrified. Kristen. <laughs> exactly. The crickets were like, "What the fuck is that?" Um. Yeah. He gets attacked, and also I have a note that that chair he was sitting on was made horribly. He should really look into some better chairs mm-hmm. because it shattered mm-hmm. into a million pieces upon attack. Um, the next morning, Scully and Mulder and Scani are all there. Scully says that it looks like uh, Jim was attacked by a large predator or someone who wanted it to look that way. Uh-huh. Dun, dun, dun. Immediately asking about Gwen because, of course, we saw Gwen confronting Lyle the day before. Yep, yep. yep. <sighs> Gwen's missing. Yeah. Lyle's missing. Scully takes a little stroll around the property and finds... Okay, Kristen finds a caged mountain lion later lyle tells her that um these are like stray animals that wandered into the ranch that they then what put in that mountain lion is in a very small cage it just lives in a very small cage. just let it go just let it there's no there's no reason for you to hold on to this mountain lion just let it Go do its mountain lion stuff. What? Yeah, like, I just was like, do they then, like, take this cage and drive it farther away and, like, re-release it into the wild far away from their cattle? No, they've had this mountain lion since, like, his mom was alive. That's what they're saying. Oh, no. That's fucking horrible. Do they feed it? What? Yeah. I'm glad no Parkers make it out of this episode alive. Honestly, yeah. Goodbye, Parkers. Uh, Hopefully hopefully this land will also go back to the reservation after the death of the Parkers. Um, I have a location for Mulder Muldering here. Um, Mulder (laughs) Top Muldering. He's just fucking tiptoeing around in the woods, finding a tuft of wolf hair and a piece of wolf skin. Yes. Oh, God. Mulder. Uh, then Scully spies from afar a naked, unconscious Lyle. Now she wraps is... him in a blanket that appears from nowhere and is like, I'm taking him to the hospital. He's suffering from exposure when he's been checked out. I'll question him. I feel like maybe I'm not giving law enforcement enough credit, but I just feel like this isn't how it works. No, that man would just sit in a corner and try to feel better while they actually dealt with the right. murder that just happened. Or, like, they'd call an ambulance. Scully would not drive him to the hospital. Unless she has a little crush on Lyle. Mm. Um, okay, Mulder's like, Tuscany, what are you hiding? And if a switch, a very large switch gets flipped. And Tuscany is like, I thought it was over. <laughs> Yeah, like it's time for me to reveal. Uh, it really is unfortunate. I thought it was over. That is a rough line from every angle. It's just like you it's, you were positioned as a character who was like serving the people that you work with and for and your community, but didn't believe this. But now you not only believe it, but you were the whole time trying to like make sure it had stopped. 
Um, um, Michael Horse is delivering. It's just the no, writing is just a little stiff. Michael Horse is fucking perfect. Uh, yep. It is definitely not that. Also, they pull a whole tooth out of Jim. So I just back to my tooth questions. Is there are there unlimited teeth? If a tooth gets stuck, do you just grow up, pop out a new one? What's the vibe? Mm. 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 All right. We're at the hospital. We still don't have Scully at your bedside jingle as requested by Laura Zach several episodes ago, but we really need one because Scully is at. <laughs> sorry, Lyle's sorry. Bedside. I'll put that on the list. Hang on. <laughs> A note has been made. <laughs> uh, Lyle says he picked up some bourbon and he doesn't remember anything after that. Um, Listen, he- who among us hasn't gotten a little bourbon drunk? Stripped off our clothes and passed out in a field somewhere. Oh God, we get this. while he's while while he uh, suggests thinking about our mothers. Yes. <laughs> he likes to go look at the caged animals and think about his mom. That's what's like super wild to me is because I'm like, what are we like? What is trying to happen in this moment? Are we like, are we trying to get viewers attached to the character of Lyle? Because usually if you have like a dude talking about his love for animals and his mother, it's like a it's a vehicle for like us to feel sad when he then dies. But it does not really land for me here. I'm just like, what? Um, So Scully has something. (laughs) She's like. Her energy is like, you know, the Felix the cat clocks where it's uh-huh. like the cat, the tail is the pendulum and then the eyes are just like side to side to side. She's like, have you side glance, talk to side glance, your father side glance. I'm playing like a sound clip of when she tells uh, Lyle what happened because I literally rewound it like 400 times. I cannot get over it. Your father's dead. Oh my God, Scully. Kristen, how would you, if you had to characterize this delivery, mm-hmm. how would you do it? Like an Scully's energy. Scully's energy is, I mean, she just doesn't, is rip the bandaid off a kind of energy? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, that's definitely a kind of energy. I'd say, um, I'm a medical doctor. I'm not supposed to have a bedside manner is also an energy. Sure. Does she get her jingle or no? She only gets her jingle when we say it. That's right. Oh, God. Um, just awful. Just like so many other ways. Like there was an attack last night. Like anything, anything. Just your father's dead. Uh, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this. Yeah. <laughs> Literally anything is going. Anything. Um... It appears he's been attacked by an animal, but Scully suspects homicide. I I oh, also he's Scully's like, just trying to bond it, with everyone who's lost a father. I know. A she's like, has anyone here lost a father? <laughs> Fathers, daughters. Uh, Lyle also asks if it's his fault, which once again has very 15-year-old boy energy. He says he can handle, he understands death because he always watches animals outside. So he like actually really gets it. He's yeah, fine he's with like, his I've dad being dead unless he was responsible for it. <laughs> Which nice causes Scully bro. to put her little Scully hand <gasps> right on his little Lyle arm. Interesting. <gasps> hmm. Okay, so Toscani takes Mulder to Ish's house. Toscani's like, I can, 
I can't tell you what's up, but I'm going to take you somewhere to someone who can. And of course, it's the only other guy you've talked to on the reservation. Here he is. Yes. And and of course, it's the only other guy who is like in a sh- sitting in a shadow the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, just yeah, very, yeah, yeah. it's just done. A lot of this is done uh, very dramatically, but heavy handedly. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is where we get this. This is just, this is not what Ish would do. I just believe it in my whole self. Um, Mm -hmm. But what Ish does is uh, he says to Mulder that he saw this creature once. It seemed like a dream. And then he burns Charlie by saying to Mulder, I sense you are different, FBI. You're more open to Native American belief than some Native Americans. Looks pointedly at Scotty. Record fucking scratch. Enough. 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 What has Mulder done except for like maybe suggested that he might believe that there are shapeshifters in the world? Like definitely this is whatever. And then he takes it even a step further by being like, you even have an Indian name, Fox. Uh, And they have this whole banter about his name. And it's just it's really reaching for like Mulder as good white guy. And as we said before, it's not landing. So Ish talks about the lore, the story, the, according to this episode of television, what is a Manitou? Mm -hmm. Uh, He talks about seeing Watkins change into an animal before his very eyes, you know, and this is sometime after some like murders have been going on in the area. And he says, his eyes begged me to kill him. (laughs) You know how you're... (laughs) You know how you make eye contact with someone and you can just uh, experience fully formed sentences Uh coming Uh, from their eyes? (laughs) See, Jenny? So we're writing a book and a lot of times I write things about like what my eyes said or what Jenny's eyes said. And Jenny's always like, Kristen, delete. And then like says it a better (laughs) way, you know? I'm like, maybe I'm right. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm just, maybe maybe I'm just like ish and I can read full sentences in the eyeballs. But we get, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Well, he also, he also like lays down the, by night, not by full moon. I think it literally might be the next scene that opens on a full moon. Um, but yeah, and and he also gives us some descriptors that we will then see, right? Like he was in a lot of pain. He was sweating. Like we'll see all of this like echoed in the scene, the transformation scene with Lyle. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, we've we've talked about Manitou and the absolutely inappropriate use of that word, so we don't have to do that again here, but this is where we get this word really... Uh, clearly stated by Ish. Right. And And also, Ish mentions that after the police killed Watkins, eight years later, or whatever, Mm -hmm. some some murders started up again. And he was like, oh, well, Watkins had a son. It passed through the bloodline. And it's like, okay. Again, this question of like, what's up with the bloodline? Because like, if Watkins, if the murders had only been going on, say, eight years. Yeah. So... Let's say he became this thing mm-hmm. eight years ago and has a son sometime in that period. And then your like seven year old son becomes a uh, wolf by night. That doesn't make a no, sense. No, it's like the only reason it, they put that bloodline shit in there was to, to try to, throw... to contain it into this indigenous community. But they undo. Oh, I thought they were they were throwing it in there so that they could cast suspicion on Gwen. Oh, OK. Also that. Yep. That makes sense. Um, why? <laughs> OK. 
it's just it's it's messy um you said this uh jenny uh, uh, briefly that like it's it overtakes a man by night but i did like the idea that instead of like if, if you take all the other bullshit out of it and say this is just a story about werewolf lore I thought mm-hmm. it was really cool to suggest that it isn't by the like moon cycle, but it's actually when like this bloodlust builds to a point. Like it's basically like mm. as you're like clicking up this the scale, you know, you you finally right, get to the point right. of breaking. Um that 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 was pretty cool. Um and so that and then like once you sort of release the the beast within, right? Then the next morning you wake up and that whole like the meter's been reset to zero. Um wild in the case of lyle who has literally just transformed into the wolf the night before and then transforms again the next day he must have a lot of oh maybe it's because he's um not a girl not yet a woman he has (laughs) yeah yeah more bloodlust maybe this is the Mm story story of lyle getting his period the whole thing Kristen, sorry i'm sorry i'll go i'll see myself out (laughs) they pop outside to discover gwen trying to steal ish's truck and she is shook. They stop her. They get out of the truck. She's very scared. She says she saw an animal kill Parker because she went by the ranch to like kick Lyle's ass. Yeah. But instead, what she got was a face full of Jim Parker getting murdered by this animal. She says, I hid in the woods all day. It isn't the woods the last place you would want to be? Seriously. Seriously. And also, she hid in the woods so good that she is like covered in dirt from head to toe um yeah it does feel like i just have some strategy questions for gwen yeah like you would maybe just go back to the place where like people are so that you would be like near people not like alone in the woods where like a large animal might live that's what i would do but also hey gwen survived the night yeah and day so um toscani says she's under arrest for stealing ish's car um and after she explains what she saw um mm-hmm. ish and Toscani take her inside um to like sort of take care of her because she is not okay Mulder calls the hospital looking for Scully he talks to a doctor who says okay Scully left with with Lyle already and then he's like I found traces of Lyle's father's blood type in him that could only be there from ingestion is this real how is through sort of standard physical like i'm checking up on your sort of like holistic physical health uh tests yeah is this something that would come to dear medical doctors listening to the pod is this is there anything to this or is this just total nonsense please let us know the same question is this for real in Kristen russo's notes (laughs) because if it does it's going to have a major impact on how much of other people's blood i consume moving forward (laughs) um also this doctor at this hospital is like so into being a part of the case he's like well i uh found some extra special fun facts for you Mulder." yeah 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 he's pumped scully and lyle are in the car i've given them a ship name uh Sklyly. they're <laughs> Sklyly is driving back to the lodge <laughs> i like it i love when i get jenny to laugh you know Sklyly. Okay, so is it S C L Y L E or is it S C L Y L L Y? Neither. I spelled it S C L Y L E Y. Slightly. 
What a gift. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Oh, boy. Okay. What, what's next? Oh, the full moon. That's, I wrote it in my notes. The <laughs> yeah. full moon is next. Cute uh, full moon. Um, the power is out. Lyle goes to get the generator on. He feels super sick from, from drinking all that blood. All his daddy's blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he asks. And he, he shuts himself in the bathroom. Yeah, he shuts right? himself in the bathroom. This is where we get the shot that I really love where his back the, Yeah, the arched. transformation stuff, the arching, the sweating, the the whole eye contact the the sound design it's like all very like stretchy cracky my bones are changing shape very good very good very Very good uh his fangs are in the cuspid canine location and i celebrate that uh great slow sweaty morph uh even oh yes the skin ripping on the hand revealing fur fur underneath you'll love to see it Mm Uh, Scully's out there trying to like take the whole door. <laughs> she's trying to like take the lock on the door. <laughs> Scully, uh, stop! And she's getting very close, but then Wolf Lyle bursts through the door. Oh my god! Uh, Mulder and Toscani arrive, and uh, we've got some gorgeous angel lighting on Mulder as he Mulder's about yeah. in the house. Oh my god, Jenny! I can't even <laughs> wait to get there in the fucking moment because th- I. Well, all I want is someone wants to make me a gift. All I want is a compilation of every time Mulder whispers Scully's name, but like screams it at the same time. Yeah, whisper scream. Scully. For sure. Scully. Like, Scully. dude, it, the, the, Scully. anyone can hear you saying that. Like, yeah. it <laughs> Especially somebody with wolf ears. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, how about when his government issue flashlight beam Find some telltale scritches in the wood of the wall. Yeah, Ly- Wolf Lyle just needing to like sharpen his claws a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, and then outside in this sort of like parallel moment, uh, Toscani's flashlight beam catches the mountain lion's face, and the Toscani reaction shot feels unfair to the character of Sheriff Charlie Toscani. He like jumps yeah. into the air please Toscani no. has known this mountain lion has been in this cage for like weeks yeah they're buddies um he's been like petitioning you know to get this fucking mountain lion released out of this fucking cage yeah uh oh we get a wolf body run here I don't like it I would like to make sure that everyone understands I don't like to see the whole body of the wolf I was not yeah the whole body of the wolf that. is bad goes running across the room Mulder shoots at it then he shoots the snout off of the taxidermy to bear head I like that. It worked for me. Uh, I just mourn the loss of that beautifully taxidermy. Bear yeah, head. not that true. you know. I I don't want taxidermy to happen, but if it has already happened, I'm like, this is cool. Yeah, it's like nature. Yeah, that's probably warped and and bad, but bad. I Jenny. am who I am. Uh, yeah. Scully grabs Scully grabs him in the dark. She's like, boo. Yeah, and now Jenny, I can't see it, <laughs> but I could feel it. Um, it's significant eye contact here in the dark. Oh in this yeah, lodge. in the, they can't see anything, but they're just staring into the darkness. But their eyes other. like light up from behind because they've locked yeah. contact. So they continue to kind of move slowly through the house together until inevitably the monster locates them, leaps, but then is shot down by Toscani. Thank you for protecting our beloved special agents. Uh, and then as soon as, once again, 
the proverbial smoke clears. Oh shit, it's Lyle, because of course it is. Scully's like, I thought it was the mountain lion from outside. I thought the mountain lion broke free from its cage at long sweet last and was like, you know what I'm going to do with my newfound freedom? Go into the house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, perhaps to, you know, take uh, revenge. Claim vengeance. Captors. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also feel like at this point in Mulder's career, he would just also have a trank gun. Like, we've seen oh, him yeah. with the Jersey Two stopwatches, Devil. one can of spray paint, yeah. and a trank gun. <laughs> and a trank gun. Like, in Buffy, in the Buffyverse, they always had a trank gun on hand, you know? Like, where's our trank gun? Yeah. Um. Obviously, yeah, Toscani says, hey, I was outside, and the mountain lion is still there. This was not the mountain lion. All right. Well, Scully and Mulder leaving Toscani's. Uh, Gwen left, gave all, gave away all her possessions. Um, and we get that this is, I'm sorry, but I couldn't with this exchange. Uh, Toscani says about Gwen, maybe she saw something she wasn't ready to understand. Beat Scully. Maybe. Okay, we get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. Okay. Scully wants to believe. She wants to believe, but maybe she's not ready. Maybe her and Gwen mm. should just like, you know, share a beer uh, and talk about that they weren't ready to see it. Oh, Lord. Ish says, FBI, see you in about eight years. <laughs> and leaving the door way open for a sequel episode. And Mulder says, I hope not. Yeah. And we all say, I hope not. We all hope not. <laughs> I do uh, like, uh, you know, there was a lot that I said about Ish and like, you know, that I feel is not really what this actual character would have done. But I do like that he literally just calls him FBI the whole time. That is a great yeah. choice. Very nice. Uh, and then we get a moody landscape shot as they drive away. Whoa. <laughs> I was like waiting for the next scene. I'm not used to this from the show. It's just trees, mist, wolf howl out. Speaking of you know howling wow i can't believe that you didn't go misty nights in montana sham (laughs) (laughs) windy uh evening in montana sham (laughs) with a three wolf problem (laughs) uh it's time for the sexual attention awards Welcome back to another installment of the Sexual Tension Awards. Uh, we are a little light on noms today uh, because of all of the stuff that was going on in this episode that uh, worked against us coming up with noms. However, don't worry. We found a way for you to still cast a vote so if you should so choose. Uh <laughs> We only have two slots today, and neither of them is the mothership, despite significant eye contact, which, you know, might imply otherwise. But I'm just not feeling it. Uh, Scully's attentions are elsewhere. Mm -hmm. In slot number one, she's at his bedside. (laughs) She's driving him to the hospital. Naked. Naked. She doesn't even get him dressed. She's just like, get in my car in this blanket. (laughs) Uh, it's Scully and Lyle, a.k.a. Sklyly. Fuck yeah. Sk- hashtag Sklyly. Tag all your posts. <laughs> uh, and it's slot number two. He's dramatically closing his umbrella. He's following footprints in the mud. <laughs> He's tiptoeing around the perimeter. Finding He's tufts of He's waggling hair. 
He's waggling skin gloves and you're directly in your face. It's Mulder and Muldering. Oh, Lord. This man. That's where it's at for this episode. Please cast your vote. Head on over to bufferingcast.com slash STA and tell us uh, where you think the tension really is. Thank you. Okay, Kristen, if I could just bother your eyes for one moment to look in a different direction, look away from the STAs and just look over. Oh, look over here at this shiny. Ooh. Purple. Glowing from within. Beautiful. Orb. Love it. Gaze deep into Kristen's crystal ball. Kristen. Yes, Jenny. Welcome to the room where me and my crystal ball sit. <laughs> okay. I want to know mm-hmm. if you think we'll see any of the following in the future. It's very simple this week. I just want to know, do you think we'll ever see Michael Horse again on this show? No. I'm sad about it, me and my crystal ball. Do you think we'll ever see this precise area of Montana again? No. Do you think we'll ever see werewolves of any kind or origin? Fuck yes, absolutely, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. My crystal ball is uh, taking it light this week. Uh, It's warming up for two live shows. Uh, It's got a a big lift coming up for it. Got to stay limber. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, Michael Horse, no, this particular part of Montana. Yes, werewolves, they're everywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. Werewolves, not swearwolves, as I always say. I always say that too. Well, Kristen, I would say the status of this X File is in no way impacted by the phases of the moon, but rather by the changing of day into night. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I would. I every time it changes from day to night, I look at that file. You know, I'm like, is that file okay? What's happening with that file? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have been and am and will continue to be Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching the X Files or Buffy, I'm usually making music. I have a brand new album that just came out on Friday. It just came out September 22nd. I think it's pretty all right. And I hope you'll consider giving it a listen. Uh, you can check that out on my website or wherever you stream music or on my band camp or at your local independent record store. The album is called Avalanche. You can also still get tickets for my fall tour dates. I will be coming through Brooklyn, D.C., Philly, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. Hit up JennyOwenYoungs.com. Give me a shout on ye old socials. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, at Jenny Owen Youngs. You got to go see her, you guys. If you're close to out. if you're close to where she's going to be, you got to go see her. I mean, you know, if you've seen her before, you know you're going to go see her again. But if you're listening to this and you've never seen Jenny Owen Youngs just absolutely destroy a room with a musical performance, you need to oh. see it. It's a very different thing than a podcast. I don't know if you know that about music, but it is real different. And it, <laughs> it is something that uh, you do. Because that's, a, you know, not every musician can just destroy people in a room live. God, okay, you're really, she's really overselling it. I'm not. I've seen it. I've seen it a million times. 
times. I've never what seen you not and- destroy a room. What uh, if they listen to you and come to the show and then I don't destroy them? Well, well, I'll let you I'll let you doubt yourself all you want, Jenny, but it only fuels the fire that makes you perform well. So <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, and I should also say that both friend and editor of the pod, John Mark Nelson, is going to be opening and also joining me on stage uh, for all of those dates. It's going to be so fun. And he's the best. And he's so good at music. And I love him so much. And he has a very mesmerizing beard and a sonorous voice. And uh, if not me, then at least do it for John Mark. Come on out. Fuck yeah. Wow. I feel I really feel left out. What about me? What about little Kristen? <laughs> Kristen, I don't know how... Uh, if you don't think that I have nice things to think and say about you after I've made over 200 episodes of podcast <laughs> with you, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, my name is Kristen Russo. When I'm not championing the music of Jenny Owen Young's uh, or watching <laughs> The X-Files or Buffy or other television shows, I am usually working with and for LGBTQ communities. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Kristen Nolene. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Uh, right now, a lot of the work that I'm doing is like behind closed doors because I'm oh. uh, working on the... <laughs> Cue sexy saxophone. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a book about uh, coming out quick and easy guide to coming out and oh. it's really exciting Jenny because I finished uh, I'm writing the script and I'm working with uh, an, an amazing artist who is right now doing the thumbnails and soon to be pencils Ooh. of this because it's in like a graphic novel format and it is cool really exciting it is you know a, a ways away from being in your hands but if you follow me in those places you'll learn about it um, and you can learn about all the other things I do I've got a queer book club and a queer um, horror movie watch club which is very fun kristennolene.com will give you all the details Buffering, a rewatch adventure, is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BufferingCast. You can email us at hello at BufferingCast.com or email the crystal ball at crystalball at BufferingCast.com. You can support our work by leaving us a review. We have uh, all different feeds for our shows now. So if you are a champion supporter and want to leave us a good review in one of those new feeds, they're all linked in the show notes below. You can, of course, join us on Patreon. We are uh, in the middle of Pumpkin Spike Autumn, where we are watching several Spike-themed episodes. We just watched Something Blue yesterday with the group. Uh, it's a good time. You can learn all about that at BufferingCast.com. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson, with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. Until next time. Your father is dead. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I never think of anything to say, and I thought of something that time. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.